0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup: CRV, HRV, pilot, passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen, Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Cup Table podcast. I am your host for tonight, I'm Gav. Uh, I'm standing in for Peter Phillips, who's... Being ridiculous and going away and doing holidays and stuff like that. Um, with me tonight I have Jay Riley and I have Richard Burton Um, as the Southampton uh, fan for this show. Um, we're going to get straight into it. This show will be about thirty minutes long. We're going to have a look at, you know, the opening days for both sides. We're going to have a look at, um the Super Cup for Liverpool, some line-up predictions and, and I suppose, some score predictions as well. Um, before we get get into the chat and stuff like that, um, I'd like to give a shout-out to the No More Noise campaign. I know it's something that uh, Peter is a big follower of and a big supporter of, so I just want to give that uh, a shout-out before we get going. But uh, on to um, onto the chat, and Jay, I'll talk to you first. How are you?
2: Yeah, pretty good. You know, it's always nice to win another trophy and you know, we can move forward now and try and win bigger trophies this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Richard, how are you? How are you getting on? Yeah,
0: not too bad, thanks. A bit disappointed after the first game of the season, but hoping to bounce back with a positive performance this week.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen that result of the weekend and we will get into that in a couple of minutes. Jay, I'm gonna to come to you first though. Um there was a cup table podcast last was it last Wednesday? Um maybe, in, I think it was Wednesday, and we you, you were discussing the Norwich game that come up. Um, we were at the Norwich game, myself, myself and yourself met for a drink before. Um, how did you feel it went for the first game of the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously when you're playing a newly promoted side, it's one of them situations where you don't really know what to expect, and the pretty fearless, are Because, you know, it's the first game back in a big time, and... I just thought Liverpool caught them cold in the first half and, you know, to go 4-0 up at half time was just, you know, Liverpool are capable of blowing teams away and that's exactly what we've done to Norwich and I think they were a little bit naive to be honest because they came and had to go and you can't really fault them for that attitude but, you know, obviously they left themselves wide open at the back and Liverpool put them to the sword really and the only disappointing aspect for me was yeah, you know, obviously it's all important the first game to get three points and get off to a flyer. But when you're 4-0 up at half time, I thought in the second half, we sort of like took to our foot off it a little bit and yeah, okay, you don't want to over-exert yourself because, you know, it's a long hard season ahead, it's the opening day, we already had the three points in the bag. But when you analyse the second half, I mean, not actually won the second half, didn't he? Because they scored, they pulled the goal back and, you know, Liverpool did have chances first 15, 20 minutes of the second half and could have easily been 5 or 6 and up. But it just took the gloss off it a little bit for me and, you know, when, when we sort of like looked a little bit open, I thought offensively and something seems to have changed and it's probably this VAR stuff, isn't it, where we're playing with more of a high line really and, Because of that reason, the opposition, like obviously we've had two games played against Chelsea as well and the opposition have had quite a few opportunities against us and I think that's maybe a tact from Klopp to say, let's play a little bit further forward. It pushes the opposition back when Liverpool are in possession, but then obviously it leaves the option of the ball over the top and Liverpool could get caught out. And we've seen the other night against Chelsea, they had they scored two goals, but both of them were disallowed. And maybe he's, he's doing it to maybe play Liverpool a little bit further forwards, but you know, it's a bit of a dangerous game playing the high line for me. And sooner or later we could get found out a little bit like that and conceive from it. But like I say, you know, we got the three points against Norwich and Pretty routine stuff, and what would become accustomed to really Liverpool putting teams to the sword, especially at Anfield, and it was it was just great to get the three points and get off to a flyer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I, I've said it on shows. You know, I do shows every day for for the day trippers, and and I've said it all along. I felt Liverpool were nowhere near their best. I thought they were at about seventy percent in the first half, um, about fifty um fifty percent, you know. Second half, probably 50%. I'm being honest, it looked like they, they completely um, they completely laid off the thing. The high line is an interesting thing that we'll probably get onto uh, when we're talking about teams and what way the teams may play later. But um, I think I'll pull cancer through the game, I really do. Um, sorry, Richard, uh, your opening of the season wasn't the best, um, a 3-0 defeat, wasn't it? Um, and you know, I, I was impressed with Southampton towards the back end of last season with our new manager in place. He seemed to have a, a lot more intensity to the play. He seemed to get rid of some regulars out of the side and, and put lads in that were willing to walk and walk to his system. Just hasn't... St- I, I don't know what your pre-season was like, but was this... Was Saturday... Last Saturday sign and what was to come, you know, from the pre-season? Or was pre-season decent?
0: Uh, pre-season was decent. We won... Uh, well, we went undefeated. Uh, we had one draw, um and won the rest of the games. We didn't play the, the best of teams. I suppose the best we probably played was either FC Köln or Lord, who, um, no disrespect to them, they're not really the same level of uh, of quality that you're playing in the Premier League. Um, you're right to say that we did pick up under Hazard when he came in, but the last four or five games of the season weren't great. Um, after we confirmed our safety, we sort of switched off a little bit. Um, everyone was really positive going into the Burnley game, and we... Sort of, although it was scrappy, we kind of kept toe-to-toe with them for the bit. But um, after that horrific mistake by Vestergaard, who basically just jumped under the ball, um, allowing Ashley Barnes to come in and score, we just completely fell to pieces after that and conceded two more goals quickly. Uh, We were losing the ball, mistiming first passes, and it was just uh, a horror show from then onwards. So um, hopefully we can bounce back this week and put in a much better performance, otherwise it could get ugly.
1: Um, just, just on, on, on the, on the, on the, the start of the season for you, what were your expectations going into the season? Because Southampton struggled for a lot of last season, as I said, picked it up. It's Hassan Huckel, I think is the, I, I, I hope I'm saying that correct. When he came in, it seemed to pick up a little bit and there was a lot more confidence. Going into this season, we know what Liverpool's expectations are for the season, but what are Southampton's?
0: Um, the expectations for this season was is a solid mid-table, no relegation fight, and a good platform to, to build going forward. Uh, we've had a few years of turbulence. We're trying to sort the club out. Um, there's still a few more uh, players that we need to shift out the door that are just not training with the first-team squad and um, costing the club quite a lot of money. Um, but this season, we need to realistically be looking at sort of that 10th to 14th range and a really good platform going forward.
1: Yes, I suppose somewhere where you're not in danger and you can... You know, pick up points as you go along. Maybe you know try different things as the season goes on. I suppose walking towards next season, as you said, where you're you're probably getting some of these players out the door that you don't want, and it enables then the team to or the club to to reinvest that money in players that the manager might actually want. Jay, um, I want to go onto the Super Cup with you. Um, Liverpool beat Chelsea on penalties on Wednesday night. A lot of people. Um, delighted with the win, absolutely. It's another trophy. It's another European trophy. But a lot of people put off at the fact that we had to play 120 minutes, penalties. Uh, I think it's a 3,000 kilometer round trip or something along them lines. Um, but uh, I know it might be turning on the legs. But surely, Jay, is that is it another boost for for um, the squad? You know, going into the season as European champions, they win the late fourth league game, they go and win that competition. Surely they come back to back to Liverpool and they are bouncing ready to go again.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously it's great, isn't it, winning trophies because, you know, Liverpool have been starved, haven't we, the last few years. So it's great to pick up another one and a European one against, you know, a Chelsea side. that Going into the game, I thought our fans were quite embarrassing, to be honest, on Sunday evening when Chelsea lost 4-0 to Man United because it certainly wasn't a 4-0 game. If anything, I thought Chelsea were arguably the better team and... Manchester United just caught them cold on the counter-attack, really, and Chelsea were really unfortunate in that game, hit the post, hit the bar, controlled possession for large periods, and you know, for me, I, I say they were the better team for me, and you know 4-0 was an absolutely freak scoreline, but some of our fans on Sunday evening were like, oh, we'll murder Chelsea, we'll do this, we'll do that. Let's get real about it, Chelsea is still a very good side, I know they've lost Hazard, who's their best player, but Pulisic is a very good sign for them, and you know, they play played pretty fearless under Lampard for me. And, you know, so it proved, to be honest, in the first half, Chelsea were by far and away the better team. He took the lead through Giroud and could have easily been 2-3-0 up at half-time, to tell you the truth. They, they were well a better team. Liverpool just did not get going at all. The feel was abysmal, really. We just got totally overrun. And, you know, obviously people are looking at Klopp's team selection as well because, you know, Firmino was fantastic against Norwich on Friday night. He was man of the match and he left him out. And I know it's all about managing the squad at this moment in time because, you know, it's fitness levels and what have you, but he, he was on fire against Norwich really. He was, he was outstanding. He was man of the match. So really to leave him out was a little bit questionable. And then they brought him on at half time. He just completely transformed the game. We got the equaliser. You know, obviously Firmino played his part in it and Manny was the one that scored the goal and then Liverpool were totally in control second half, I thought, but then we didn't get that second goal, and Kepper made a couple of good saves, didn't need to keep us out, and towards the end of the game, we were hanging on a little bit, and went to extra time, and it's something that we didn't really particularly want, because you know, it's the start of the season, it's a long trip to Istanbul, obviously we've had to travel back as well, and You know it wasn't ideal at all because you know a lot of the play we had quite a few issues in the game. Nearly Van Dijk looked like he picked up a little bit of a niggle. You had uh, Robertson got replaced, didn't he, in the game? Also, James Milner went off. You had Fabinho towards the end was you know he was riddled with cramp, wasn't he? And you know there was a few issues amongst the lads because they were a lot of them were fatigued as well. You could see they were really tired. And you know Justice was served in the end. No, because fantastic goal by Mane to put us two on up, but. It shocking decision to allow the penalty. Tammy Abraham basically dived and the referee got cons and she, you know, I thought she refereed the game decent but then she got a massive decision wrong there because it was dive and I just don't understand what VAR is all about because surely to God they should have overruled it on the replays. He didn't touch him. He pulled out and, you know, justice was served in the end because the irony of it was when it went to a penalty shootout, Liverpool scored all five of their penalties. Tammy Abraham who died for the penalty in extra time to, to keep Chelsea in the game basically missed a vital penalty. It straight down the middle and, you know, Adrian saved it and he becomes a hero. And it's, you know, it's a fantastic story, isn't it, for the lad because he was a free agent really. He was training on his own, wasn't he, in Spain and Liverpool, you know, got the call from Liverpool and Liverpool have signed him up and he's just won as a trophy there or contributed massively to winning the trophy anyway. Um, I, when you look at the penalties I thought St Alexander-Arnold and Oregies weren't the best penalties and Kepa should really have saved them but yeah, absolutely. you know you need that little bit of luck don't you to win a trophy and that's exactly what we got but I do think you know it was a massive test for us because as I say I was fully expected Chelsea to turn up and get a reaction from the defeat that they had at Old Trafford and so it proved. I thought they were very good on the night and you can't discount them this season. Everyone's saying they'll miss out on top four. You know, the naivety of Lampard's experienced manager, but I, I thought there was a lot of positives for Chelsea anyway, but you know, it's always good that we, we were the ones that won the trophy. And as you're saying now, yeah, you know, going into this game means Southampton. It's not ideal preparation, of course it isn't, because Southampton have had a full week's preparation. Liverpool have had a long journey to Istanbul. But the facts are, you know, it breeds confidence, doesn't it, winning trophies, and that's exactly what Liverpool have just done. So really, we should be bouncing going into this game. Yeah, to take on board, as I've just touched on there, about the, the issues that we've got, a few little injury niggles here and there. Obviously, Adrian got injured in the celebrations, didn't he? And the fan ran on the pitch, absolutely freak, really. Yeah,
1: there's a, yeah. there's, a guy, there's a guy here called AJ Smith who on the comment section is saying can we mention about the fans on the pitch so walk away, AJ.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it's it's a bit worrying, isn't it, really? And Klopp's mentioned it in his press conference about it because we actually had a streak at Anfield last week against Norwich. Some fella ran on the pitch, bollocko and all that, and Klopp mentioned it, didn't he? Like, he wants to see that and he's right, isn't he? Mm. It needs to be, you know, addressed, really. And then, you know, look what's happened there in Istanbul as well, where the fans ran on and he ended up injured in our keeper, and could have been a lot worse. He's only got a swollen ankle; he could be okay. He's saying he's going to be okay to play now, isn't he? So, you know, it remains to be seen what happens when the team selection comes out tomorrow afternoon. But you know, I think he probably will play, but it's still not ideal, is it? Because he's got a little bit of a niggle, and he's another player I mentioned the players before who went off. You know with fatigue and cramp and what have you, the little knocks. Well, he's another one now, isn't he? Because he's got this ankle issue. But I'm sure Liverpool will still feel like they'll have enough to go to Southampton and win the game. But you know, like I say, that game will have taken a lot out of Liverpool in midweek. So I think going forward into this game on Saturday, it's important, I think, to get our noses in front quite early on and try and get the game won early because Liverpool could tire towards the end of the game. That's how Southampton might come on strong.
1: Yeah, um, somebody says here they'd love to see a few of the kids play against uh, Southampton. Um, listen, we're going, to, we're going to get into that. Someone else is um, asking what is our best midfield. We'll see where our best midfield is. Uh, well, we're only going to discuss the best one for for Saturday. Um, but look, we might as well get on to like, team selections and, and different things like that and the way we're going to set out to play. Um, Richard, uh, Southampton... Um, whenever Liverpool go to Southampton, it's quite an intense game. It's, it's one that can be... Sometimes Liverpool go and win. Sometimes they, they've been beaten the odd time. But there's always a great intensity to it. The one last season was nip and tuck until Liverpool showed that little bit of class towards the end and got two goals through Dalla and Henderson in a crucial time in the season. But do you expect the same on, on tomorrow? Do you expect the same tomorrow? Do you expect it to be um, you know a lot of passion, a lot of pace? And what way do you see Southampton lining up and probably more importantly how do you see them approaching this game?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely seeing it being uh, an intense game. There's definitely an extra pressure um, and energy when playing against Liverpool due to the sort of transfer history over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, I'd expect Hazard and to set the team out to try and uh, press Liverpool high um, try to not let you um, explode on those counter-attacks as you caused us at the end of last season try and win the ball back uh, high up the pitch. Um, But if we can't do that, I'd expect us to try and um, sort of sit, be compact, um, press you, uh, make you make a mistake in your attacks and try and hit you on the break. Um, The big concern would be if we do that and then you win the ball back and and hit us on the break in turn. Um, We've seen how dangerous Salah, Mane, um, various other players Rigi have been in the past. So uh, we need to be careful with that and not take any sort of stupid risks and and give you the chance to to hit us on the break.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So up wise, and formation wise, taking all that into consideration, like what way do you think Southampton will go? Because all I think about when I think of Southampton away is Shane Long turning up and being, you know, Maradona for 90 minutes because that's what he usually usually gets up to. But up wise and, and and formation wise, what way do you think what way do you think he will go, Richard?
0: I don't actually think Shane Long's going to be in the squad this time. He may have a place on the bench, so you'll be be saved that.
1: Um, I'd
0: like to see us uh, play four at the back, but I think we will stick with a five at the back um, due to the concerns about the quality and um, effectiveness of some of our defensive players. Um, So saying that, I expect the Angus going in goal. Um, He didn't have the best game against Burnley, but I think the club's decided that he's the man to stick by in goal, so I think he'll play. Um, the the two wing backs will be Jan Valery and Ryan Bertrand. I would have thought, um, and in between them, um, Jan Bedrek will play, um, and then I would have thought Vestergaard will play. Um, and there's talk that the new signing Kevin Danso may come in for for Jack Stevens. Um, maybe a bit soon, considering he's only been training with us for a week, but um, it may be something that. Hudson Huttall decides is, is worth the risk, but otherwise you could see Yashida coming in for, for Jack Stevens if he doesn't think that Danso is ready. Um, in midfield, I'd expect to see Oriel Romeu, um, Pierre Hoiberg if he's recovered from his illness, and James Ward-Prowse um, with then um, Nathan Redmond and Che Adams uh, ahead of them.
1: Okay, um, Che Adams is an interesting one. I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to see. Um how he's got on pre-season and you know is there high expectations for him there? A big meal for him?
0: Uh, Yes there is Uh, it was well publicised the club tried to sign him in January and Birmingham weren't keen to sell due to the transfer embargo and him being worth more to them staying there and helping them stay in the championship so uh, we've been after him for a while he came in right at the start of the summer so he has been with the squad for a while Uh, and he looked good in pre-season games he's linked up well with England and Redmond and and bagged himself a, a few goals he seemed to have developed a habit of scoring early goals. I think he scored two goals in the first sort of six or seven minutes of games in pre-season. So uh, hopefully he can continue in that vein going forward. Um, he didn't have the best of games against Burnley, but um, hopefully he can show what he can do uh, on Saturday.
1: OK. And, and uh, Danny Ings. Um, will we see anything of Danny Ings? You know, he plays against his former club now, a club that he holds a lot of affection for, because I suppose the way Liverpool still buy him. Through um, through true injuries, uh, Danny Ings to come back and, and maybe get one at the at the weekend.
0: Uh, potentially, he started against Burnley, but um, as as I'm sure Liverpool fans are aware, with his injuries, he's not the quickest player anymore. But he has adapted his game to drop deep quite well and start building up attacks. Um, I just feel with the way that Liverpool play and uh, the way that we see our chances of getting goals, we'll need to have pace on the counter-attack. So um, I can see him dropping out, playing the extra midfielder to help us win the ball back. And then we can just release uh, Adams and Redmond on the counter-attack. But he'll definitely be on the bench and there's a strong possibility that if he doesn't start, he will be on for the last sort of half an hour of the game.
1: Okay, Jay, I get the impression that um, this trip to Turkey has taken, in your opinion, has taken quite a bit out of the team, and it's left you a little bit concerned over this game tomorrow. Um, So I'm expecting you to name a team that would have a couple of changes in it. Would I be right in saying that?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to analyse the fact that since Alexander-Arnold didn't start the game, and I didn't say before about Joe Gomez, who I thought had an absolute mare, to be honest, on the night at full-back, but... He's not a full back for me, he's a centre half, so I think, he, you know, he, he has done a stint there for Liverpool in the past, but I think it's sort of like put it to bed really, that Sent Alexander Arnold should be Liverpool's right back moving forwards, because Joe Gomez had a sort of evening for me, and I just think if you're gonna play the lad, play him in his rightful position, which is centre half, and because Trent didn't play much of the game the other night in Istanbul, he'll come in at right back for me, and then hopefully Andy Robertson's okay to play left back. Is, you know, so hopefully he'll be fit, and you know his, his his ankle's not too bad, so he'll start the game. And then you know centre half pairing, you know you'd, you'd you'd have to say Van Dyke if he's okay alongside Joel Matter. Um, the middle of the park now, Fabianio is an interesting one, isn't he? Because he was really cramped up, and remains to be seen how how that's affected him. Really, you know, moving forward into this game. And the other thing as well, Jordan Henderson's just played two games in the space of five days, and he played the full game, didn't he, or extra time and what have you. So it's unusual for him to do that because his game time's normally managed by Klopp. So it'd be interesting to see if he starts the game. And this is it. You know, it's very difficult to select an eleven because I say it time and time again to Peter, you know, it's really difficult to second-guess him because, yeah, we know, like, the main guys are going to play, the likes of Van Dyke and you, you. your salads and your Firminos and your Mane's if he's going to pick his strongest 11. But because he is going to probably rotate a little bit, it's, it's difficult to, to really pick your 11, isn't it? I mean, there's probably an argument to say maybe would Lalana possibly start this game in pre-season? He tried them out, didn't he? Fabinho is struggling a little bit because of what happens in mid-week. Then, you know, there was all the talk, wasn't he, pre-season that Lalana's going to be given the opportunity to play as sort of like the number six, which I'm not sure I'd be too keen on, to be honest, but he does tend to keep the ball well, but he just doesn't do the other things that Fabinho does. So it's one to keep an eye on when the team comes out on Saturday afternoon. But you've also got to consider why Naldem may well start the game as well, because, you know, he's probably didn't start it in midweek and then the, the front three, it's it's interesting with Salah because obviously he played the full game, but Mane got taken off didn't he, before extra before the end of the game, before penalties anyway. for Firmino only come on for the second half, so it's going to be a very interesting team selection. But me personally, I would suggest that he probably will go with the fo- the main three up front, try and get you know our noses in front, try and get the game won early on because I'm fully expecting Liverpool to potentially you know, we could tire towards the end of the game really. So it's important to be in front at that stage when Southampton could very well come on strong. But, you know, as we look at last season's game against them towards the back end of the season in April time, I thought it was a very difficult game. I mean, Liverpool were, you know, we went behind, didn't we, early on, could have been 2-0 down. And then, you know, we got back into the game and it was 10 minutes to go. We were looking down a barrel of a draw, really, and then we scored two late goals to Put the gloss on the games on the scoreline. We won three ones and we get the three points that what you needed at the time. And I do think it'll be tough because I just think this new manager Hassan Hootel is—he's he, come in and he's done a, a really good job. Really, he's got like this type of character about him that's it's very similar to, to to Klopp really when he first took over at Liverpool and. You know, I think with Southampton, they seem to be quite good at home, back the back end of Well, when he, when he took over last season, he seemed to be quite good at St Mary's anyway. So I do think it'll be a tough game. And with it being at the start of the season, it is a potential banana skin for Liverpool to, to maybe drop points. But I just hope that Liverpool get the job done early on and then, you know, get the game won, if you like, early on before, you know, Southampton maybe get a little head of steam.
1: Okay. Um... <clears throat> just for, for, from my point of view um, I, I look at it and I look at Liverpool having a week off after this game um, so he might be looking to players to dig in uh, you know one big one big performance before they get a week's break from from games but you know it's a, it's a lot more of a recovery period than than what we've had between Istanbul and I suppose tomorrow um, I think he will go with Adrian and goal I think it will be Trent um, right back Robertson left back for me it would be Matip and Van Dijk, centre half. Um, I get take the point about Fabino but I feel that I think I feel he might have to play. I think he'll go with um, I, he might go with Milner and Wijnaldum, um, in there with him. And I think the front three will play. And I agree with you that we might want to look for a fast start, and because we may her towards the end. But I think we, we we need to look to the bench, and we need fellas coming off the bench on on 65, 70 that are going to come on and make a uh, make an impact and. That's what they have to be there for if they want to, A, stay on the bench and, B, get into this team uh, by hook or by crook. So um, it's one of those for us. So, Richard, um, before we go, I'm going to take a prediction off everybody. So I'll let you go first as you being the home team. Um, Your prediction for tomorrow, please.
0: Uh, 2-0 Liverpool.
1: OK, straight to the point. No messing. Um, I like it. Um, Jay, for you, uh, prediction for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I think Liverpool will get an early goal and then hopefully we can get a second and put the game to bed. But I do fancy Southampton to maybe come on strong in the game, so I'll say a 2-1 Liverpool win.
1: Okay, Um, I said all week 3-1 Liverpool. I actually said it just after the Norwich game. I was having a chat with one of the the lads off the podcast when we were uh, having a drink in Liverpool after the Norwich game and he said 2-1, I said 3-1. I'm going to stick with that. I do like Jay's idea of Liverpool starting fast and I think one usually it's a two with Liverpool. Um so I'm gonna stick with three one. Look lads, that's been it. Um 25, 26 minutes, it's been good. Um we've got straight to the point with regards to the start of the season, Liverpool's the Super Cup line ups, um you know, the way we set up, the way we look to play, uh, predictions, the whole lot. We've, we've covered everything in that short amount of time. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us live on Periscope and on YouTube. And um, This show will be live as much as we possibly can throughout the season. Um, Peter is uh, back off holiday tonight, so he will be back next week with the preview. Um, he, I won't be here, thank God, because I'm sick of listening to myself at this stage. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's been it. Jay, I'd like to thank you for joining me.
2: Yeah, being good. I so enjoy the game, boys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Richard, thanks a million for joining us, and we'll talk to you again later in the season.
0: Thanks very much. It's always a pleasure.
1: Thank you. That's been the cocktail podcast. We will talk to you soon. Following on from this show at ten fifteen. The Fatback Four Daily will be live on YouTube or Periscope. Join me there at ten fifteen. Okay, talk to you then. Over now.